for the body of Christ. We are we have been talking about the last days um, coming out of Matthew 24. And our focus today is on Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22, where we're talking about the Great Tribulation. And we are depicting a picture of what the Great Tribulation will look like uh, so that everyone can grasp it, take hold of it, and uh, note it, and learn of it uh, so that you can move forward in the right direction that our Lord and Savior would have you in. And uh, before we start, we want to open up in prayer as always and invite uh, the Lord to be with us to rule and reign in our environment as we uh, come together corporately and individually before you. Minister uh, Gloria, can you please open us in prayer at this time? Yes. Yes, good morning. Father God, we praise you. We thank you, dear Lord. We come before you, Father God, with worship and thanksgiving for you, our God. Lord, we praise you, Father. We thank you that you sent your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He came and died on the cross for us, dear God. We have a hope of salvation because of what he did, what he finished at the cross. Dear God, we pray, almighty God, that the world would know of his great and mighty work on our behalf, that they would receive from the Lord and Savior, that they would receive the good news of the gospel. Dear God, that they would know of your love and of your mighty power on this earth, dear God, and your love for your people, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you call us into your kingdom, even today, for today is the day of salvation. We praise and thank you, God, as we sit at your feet, and we receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. So as we uh, have been talking about, we've been the purpose of Matthew 24 is primarily for the elect, that they will not be deceived in this hour. And so we've been going through Matthew 24, and you can go back and listen to the previous episodes where we shared uh, on each uh, uh, scripture. And um, we have broken it down uh, to the point where we are looking at the great tribulation where Jesus talks about uh, that will be coming in the future after his uh, time. And so we're talking about what does the great tribulation look like, and according to the Holy Bible, um, and our first uh, part that we will be talking about uh, is uh, referencing the seven seals. And we've been talking about Revelation 6, 1 through 17. So we're going to be talking about the seven seals. In the future, we'll be talking about the seven trumpets, the seven bowls of God's wrath as well. And um, we will also uh, be talking about um, some other areas in the Bible um, out of Daniel Uh, the Thessalonians in the future again, but we're going to focus primarily today on the seven seals, the seven broken seals. And we know that the Great Tribulation is um, a time of abomination, which is uh, abomination is a foul thing, a detestable thing uh, pertaining to idolatry. And it's going to be a time of desolation, a time of lay waste, to ruin, to despoil, uh, to strip her, uh, to strip uh, the earth, or to strip the universe of its treasures, um, is going to be a time also uh, that uh, the Lord talks about in God's wrath, 
and uh, Christ describes it as a time of a, a great uh, tribulation as being like pressure, agony, suffering on the earth. And uh, so Jesus will be loosened again, three uh, successive series of judgments. One of them is the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls of God's wrath. So we're going to talk about, again, the seven seals uh, today, and we're coming out of Romans chapter 6. And I want to uh, open up for, uh, let me me just read uh, where we are now, because we have already spoken about the first, Four seals of Revelation 6. We want to look now at the uh, fifth and the sixth seal that will be broken. And what will it be like at that time? Um, we talked about the last few sessions about the turmoil, the things that's going to happen when these seals will be broken. And it's not to scare, again, I want to point out, it is not to scare anyone that may be listening in, but it's more so to bring out what it's about, how it's going to happen, so you can be aware of these things that are going on in the earth, and that you, we will share the solution, how to avoid it, how to not experience Uh, the effects of the great tribulation in your life as a child of God. So let me go on and let's read about the fifth seal. So I'm reading from verse 9, Revelation chapter 6, and it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of uh, the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they, they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood to them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they shall rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that shall be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And behold, and, and I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casted her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Excuse me. And the heaven deported as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of the Lamb that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? Wow. Wow. So let's talk about the fifth seal being broken first, uh, where he said, I saw under the altar, the souls of them that were slain 
for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell in the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren should be killed or they were as they were should be fulfilled. Uh, let's talk about that one. Um, Minister uh, Gloria, what uh, the Lord showed you and uh, you feel free to open up any other scriptures that pertain to it to bring across our uh, what the great tribulation will be like in that day. Well, uh, concerning the the blood that's shed at the uh, at the altar, you know, it takes us back to Exodus twenty nine um, uh, verse twelve, uh, where it says, "You shall take some of the blood of the bull." And put it on the horns of the altar with your finger, and you shall pour out the blood at the base of the altar. And uh, this was in in the days of old when uh, in Israel they would make sacrifices at the altar. You know, these sacrifices were messy. These were the sacrifices of the blood of animals. And they would pour some of it on the horns of the altar, but the rest of it they would pour out at the base of the altar. Uh, and so here we have a reference to that. Uh, and the blood of the martyrs uh, during the time of tribulation is going to be significant because this represents the life and the, of, the, of the people of God as they're slain and persecuted. And their blood is going to be poured out. And the martyrs will cry out to God. And they will ask God for judgment and vengeance upon those that have persecuted them, those that are on the earth that have persecuted them. And this incites the wrath of God. And so when we start to talk about the bowls and the seals and uh, uh, the wrath of God, this is what, this is what it comes back to. God uh, pours out his wrath on those that are on the earth that are against him, but also because of the shed blood of his people, of his, of his saints. Okay, that's good. That's that's very, um, very good um, information about the uh, cry of the martyrs and how these things will take place. Minister Belinda, please share your uh, insights on Revelation 6, and we're talking about uh, the saints, the, the cry of the martyrs. Um, Minister Belinda. Uh, yes. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me, yes. Those of that have died and gone on with the Lord and received their white robes, but, I mean, they're crying for judgment, you know, for justice, mm-hmm. you know, and how long, Lord, you know, that you're going to allow this stuff, you know. They, any Christian that comes into the knowledge of God, you make a cry right now. People are making cries for the evil that they see, the injustice and the hurt and the things that are going on here. But these have gone on, you know, and they're making a cry to the Lord for his for his justice to come down 
and his judgment. And we are promised to, you know, to receive a crown and white robes and stuff. So, I mean, even though this hasn't taken place, you know, the the spirit of that justice is still here. And it's telling people that, you know, that come out, there's a place to go in. And there's a refuge, you know, in the Lord. He's your fortress, you know, your weapon of war. All those things to cry. And then God gives you this this spirit inside of love, true love, you know, not this earthly love. It's a love that's in a high place. And it brings that compassion to want to cry out for uh, justice. How can anything be stopped if God don't stop it? You know, and when... and how would we see a change on this earth if God doesn't do it? You know, the, the killing, the endless killing, the endless perversion. You know, so much is down here. But even those that have gone on are crying for God to come on down here and do away with this stuff. So, I mean, you know, uh, God will do it. That we know he will do because he has said it and it is written. Everything the prophets wrote before time, it certainly came to pass. Um, And again, we're going to get to the solution to how we can avoid this. And um, in in Matthew 24, he did say for the sake of the elect, it would be shortened for the sake of the elect. And um, we talked in the previous sessions about what is who is the elect? What is the elect about? Um, who are these martyrs? Who are these people who are crying out in in the hour of the great tribulation? That uh, saying, Lord, Lord, this, this this is too much. Who's up under the altar and crying out? You know, give us relief from this. Take mm-hmm. us away from this. And um, when we look at Isaiah um, Isaiah 24 uh, verses, um, I want to read from verse 19 through 23 at least uh, to interject uh, some of what Isaiah had spoken before time. He said, um, <clears throat> "Wow, even there's more before that, but I, I want to start with uh, uh, 19. The earth is utterly." broken down and the earth is is clean dissolved and the earth is moved exceedingly the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it and it shall fall and not rise again and it shall come to pass in that day that the lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on the earth and the kings of the earth upon the earth and they shall be gathered together as prisoners and gathered in the pit and shall be shut up in the prison and after many days shall they be visited and the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem or Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. Now, um, what is that talking about? It's talking about where, and also, you know, we were going to touch on this, in 6 when it's talking about um, those cosmic disturbances that will occur in the earth, and um, it's talking about the moon changing its color to blood. Um, 
what what we have experienced a few blood moons last year. Um, there were quite a few. Um, that doesn't mean that that's the end of it, but I think um, as time is going on, we we're beginning to see more blood moons uh, coming about as well. Um, but Yes. We're just going to talk both uh, the fifth seal and the sixth seal around it as the Lord is leading you guys. Uh, Minister Gloria, what are your thoughts around that, or what uh, what other scriptures would you like to share? Well, you know, uh, we're talking about uh, who are the martyrs, who are considered the saints of God. And it's those that kept the faith during the time of tribulation, those that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, but also those that, and it's the same ones, they worked on their godly character even through the tribulation. They maintained the godly character. Um, they maintained true to God, not just in, in proclaiming him, but in their works, in how they uh, represented him, and how they uh carry themselves uh, in the earth during this time of hardship. Uh, and they continued to bring forth the gospel even during that time. And so they, they prevailed uh, and they prevailed uh, in the time of tribulation. Amen. Amen. This is true. And that, that is so important that we take remembrance that these mortars, these, very elect uh, individuals, they were staying true to it, said that they were up under the altar. Um, uh, You know, in Matthew 24, the Lord talks about the altar in there as well, Um, that uh, holy altar, that special altar. It wasn't like just any kind of altar because we have uh, various altars that are mentioned in the Bible. We, We have one in Gideon where... Uh, they were sacrificing to the bow God. We have other altars out there, and we have so many people that are straddled as far as what type of altar uh, should we be um, uh, connected with in this hour. And when I look at altars, um, we can look at it as a symbol or we can look at it as an actual altar that we see with our eyes, uh, with our ears, and what we um what maybe be able to feel or whatever, but the Lord is saying that they are up under a special altar. Minister Belinda, what is the Lord doing uh, that? This is a this is a spiritual church God's coming after. If He says Jesus is the cornerstone, we are lively stones, and He's coming for all of His church in different places. That's that's a spiritual. Uh, uh, altar and it's built not by man but by God so it's being in the presence of God and, and, and setting yourself as the word commands you to to be sanctified to be holy as God is holy so there's there's a change that takes place in your spirit man and it corrects the outer man you're not going to no longer lie. You're not going to do, you know, abominations that God says is abominations. You know, so it's a holy place. There are many temples, many uh, altars. But if it's not directed by this Bible, it's not the spiritual temple that God's talking about. 
you know, the, the altar. You know, I, I want to read uh, out of uh, Revelations, um, go over this one. Uh, let me see, 9 from 9 to 11. And it says, and when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. Now, these are people that's going to die because of the word of God. They will, not, they will not put the word of God down. They will not separate it from their lives. But they have made a commitment to God to live holy, to speak the word of God in truth. That were slain for the word of God and for the testament, testimony which they held. So everyone that's saved has a testimony of God, what God has done. And these are, these are people, saints, that did not allow their testimony to be moved from them. They kept it till the end. It said, and they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true. There we go. Holy. God is holy. Holy and he's true. And those that know the Lord know where the truth comes from and where the holiness comes from. And for, okay. Doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And with, and, and with, and wait a minute, I'm sorry. And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now that's talking about those that have gone and those that will be killed too, their brothers. They are servants. Who are we serving? The living God. The true and only living God. He said there are many gods, but there is one living God. Amen. Amen. And you know, it's amazing, you know, when he talks about that they're going to be up under the altar, up under the altar where a place of normally that would be considered as a sacrificing place. And mm-hmm. when we sacrifice unto the Lord now, it's a place of worship. Uh, it's a place of um, honoring the Lord. Uh, it's Amen. a place of obedience because uh, our worship is obedience unto the Lord. So there's so many things that could be signified about being up on the altar and staying true to the word of God and the spirit and truth uh, because his word, I mean, if they're declaring his word, there must be some purity in it because it's not defiled because he said the word of God. So it's specific unto the nature of what we would be speaking according to the word of God, not our own word. It said the word of God. Of God. And now, and then he says, and they cried out a loud voice saying, how long will Lord holy and true until until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? 
You know, I, I mentioned in Joel 3 before that it talks about the Lord is going to come in and cleanse the blood. Cleanse the blood. And, and, and you know, um, I believe that there must be an, a purity and sanctification in God. Because he said, how long, how long, O oh Lord, are you going to avenge the blood, the blood? So, um, Minister um, Vasquez, what what would you what is the Lord showing you in that area? Because we want to kind of give a, a deep depiction of what that looks like. Because there's so many movies out there and so many um, things that are going on. You know, there's one called Judgment. It's been around for many years, and um, one. The lady that's on there, I think her name is Hannah, and she's, like, going through these extreme circumstances. I watched it many years ago. But she's going through these extreme circumstances of being judged on an, uh, on, on a pulpit. I mean, not a pulpit, but being judged before uh, what appears to be like Lucifer in the flesh. And not only... Uh, she is being judged, but there's many other people because they didn't put on the mark, the mark of the beast. And, you know, that that's where people think that it's going to be like, that that's where it's going. But in here it's saying, how long will you avenge those, you know, the blood of the innocent? You know, the blood of the innocent Abel when he, when he was uh, slain by Cain, you know, they said the blood cried out from the earth. The same thing uh, with Jesus' blood. The, you know, it never died. It never died. So, what, what would you? What are your thoughts in that area? Well, the Lord died. He shed His blood, and He gave His life. And and there was a reason for that, and it was because His people had sin, and the Lord loved us, and He didn't want us to die. But you know, all along. God has messages for his people. And I just wanted to give you one of the messages. I wanted to uh, read it. It was one of the messages to one of the churches, the message to the church at Sardis. And this was just one of the churches. Uh, And and the Lord had a number of churches, and yet each one of them was failing in some way. And this was even in the end time. But all along, from the time of Jesus' coming and death on the cross, Right up until his second coming, the churches continue to fail, and God just extends His grace over and over. And this was one of the messages uh, to one, just one of these churches. This was to the church in Sardis. He says, uh, "To the angel of the church in Sardis, write: He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this: I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead." Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which were about to die. So, so it's a church, and it's practicing as a church. And uh, he says, the, the the few things that remain about you as a church, they're about to die if you don't wake up and heed the word. And he says, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. And he said, so remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what hour I will come to you. 
But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and this is a reference to the white robe. You have just a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. How sad it is that they only have a few. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and this is they that overcome uh, this, this the period of the tribulation. Uh, they will be clothed in the white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So uh, the shedding of Christ's blood, you know, it wasn't in vain. He did it for a reason, and that was such a great, great mercy of God. But the Lord does expect us uh, to carry out our part. Even as a church, he speaks to us, not just as individuals, but as a church. Amen. I totally agree with you. He does expect for us to play our role, and um, that is something that really, really, really we will pay a close attention to because um, these people who are martyrs, they stood they were standing until the end. They were standing on the word of God. They were under his altar. They were under his covering. They were mm-hmm. um, they were linked to the rawness uh, of the word of God and decided to stay there. They didn't go after every which way that everyone was going. They chose to remain firm, deep, and rooted in the word of God. But there are going to be many, according to Second Thessalonians chapter two, who will be fooled and who who will accept being fooled because they chose not to believe that which is true, to follow after the things that were not of God. Um, so that they get what they satisfy their senses, their basic senses, um, their needs, uh, their wants and you know, we, we can easily chase after so many things, but um, in this hour, in this even in this hour, it's important to stay steadfast and movable, abiding in the sovereign will of God, because we can, we can chase after so many things and not realizing that we are going into doom, doom by doing so. And that is not where we need to be at any point in time in our lives. As long as we have breath, even until the time we stop breathing, we should be desiring the things of God and the truth and spirit of him. If we if we go headway uh, chasing after everything, the, these people stood up under the altar. They probably were giving up some things out there they probably were letting go some of some things that traditionally we probably would need to have um to stay up on the altar and not go looking for something else is, is serious uh minister belinda share your thoughts or what the lord yes. is saying by the word of god yeah. yes I, I was thinking about when he said under the altar you know that's a place of submission and what does God mm-hmm. ask us? Deny yourself, pick up your cross, submit yourself to his ways, his thoughts. 
And, you know, you're not above the, above God, but you have to be under because he's the head. You know, so, uh, I mean, it's an order and a place. And uh, polluted in the blood, there's a scripture, I think it's in Isaiah, when he said, I was polluted in my blood. And then the Lord cleansed him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, you're, you become polluted, defiled, and unclean in the eyesight of God and how you live. And that blood that shed on Calvary was to cleanse us, the water that came out of his side, water and the blood. So there's a significance about the blood. And those that walk away from God will use uh, blood in the improper way and become foul and unclean. You know, they'll use sacrifices, drink blood. And then the scripture says, don't do these things. So you mm-hmm. see, you know, it, it becomes, uh, I want to say a word of disgusting, but it's a spiritual thing. You know, mm-hmm. what seems right to a man is not. Mm-hmm. And you become, the more you adventure in this, the more you add more and more until you are foul and polluted. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, you've got this uh, thing going on now where this uh, uh, pedophile rings and this, this, uh, uh, one man is falling out of Hollywood, uh, this perversion, you know, making people, women, submit to sexual acts to get to keep their careers. You've got a large pedophile ring in California in the uh, uh, in music, <coughs> in the movies, and a satanic force underneath, too performing these rituals, you know, all of this stuff. And when you get so far from God that you think, I mean, and it, the acts can become so disgusting. You are polluted. And God is talking about, you know, the saints are saying, how long? But he tells them a season. Just rest, a season. Nobody knows how long that season is because a day to the Lord is a thousand. But when he comes surety, in, <coughs> excuse me, it will come. And he will cleanse the blood, cleanse mm-hmm. the land of the filth. Amen. Yes, what he is, will. What is this? Yeah, he says uh, the wages of sin is death. You know, so I mean, uh, uh, I saw something on Facebook where people have a dance they call with the dead, and it's causing a plague to come on the land. You know, they do this ritual, they have this body, dead body, and they got it up, you know, carrying it and dancing and stuff. If a dead body was so purified, why can dead things can give you sicknesses and disease? That's a natural thing. So when he says touch not the the, the unclean, mm-hmm. but touch the things that are clean, that brings health. The other one brings sickness. You have a spiritual yeah. 
fake this. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like you got blood-borne uh, diseases, and they have to purify your blood. This is symbolic of a sickness that is on the earth that is polluting the nations. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about why why would um, someone would ask well why would uh, a seal like this be broken, um, this fifth and sixth seal. Why why would something like this come about? Because um, we know that God loves his creation. He loves what he brought off into the earth. Um, but yet he said that it will, it will be shortened for the sake of the elect, but for the rest of those who do not choose to fall into that area of the elect, it appears like there's there's going to be a great suffering, like a great shaking in the earth. Um, I wonder if there will be an opportunity to even change after that point. You know, if, if they don't choose now, if they don't uh, come into covenant now to be called elect in the eyes of God, I wonder where would will they be, and and we know what they're going to suffer based on what the Bible says. We know what the suffering will be, um, even though the elect or who they are, it's like they're going to go through they're they're going to go through circumstances themselves. But Jesus said he would put the white robe, as Minister Gloria Vasquez said, uh, he's going to bring the white robe uh, to save. Um, now, a lot of people will say, you know, well, I need to wear white clothes. If I wear white clothes, then I will be the one with the white robe. Or uh, they're looking at it from a natural perspective of what a white robe would look like being on an individual. Let's talk about that a little bit, about the white robe that uh, the Lord will cover with. And is it actual a symbolic that... Maybe uh, the elect will be caught up, the elect will be taken away, uh, as some theologians say. Um, or what, what is the Lord talking about there to the saints? Um, Minister Gloria Vasquez. Well, the, the, the white robe uh, symbolizes uh, the recognition of godly character and faithful service uh, in this life. And uh, it's God's recognition of that. And so he dresses them in the white robe. And and, uh, as they do that, uh, symbolically, they've maintained, uh, they've not uh, defiled their white robe. Uh, And I I just wanted to go to uh, Revelations 3, 4. I I wanted to. uh, That was on my mind. That's good. Go ahead. uh, I'm just going to. Go here for a minute, and it says again. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Uh, he who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And again, this is this is the Lord Jesus Christ recognizing those that have, be, have remained true to Him. Uh, to, even unto death, they died and they were martyred. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, 
that's how they maintain their, their white robe. And so unto them is imputed righteousness. And if we go to uh, Revelation 19.8, uh-huh. Um, one moment, please. Nineteen. I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, it says, "It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints." And then it says, "Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb.' And he said to me, These are true.'" words of God. So um, the Lord, again, honoring those that have remained true to him, that have remained uh, righteous, mm. have, have maintained a, a holy stance, uh, even through trial and tribulation. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Very good. Let me just touch on a little bit about um, Zechariah chapter 3 when the white uh, robe was placed on Jesus Christ or, you know, from the view in the heavens. Let's look at it. It said in Zechariah chapter 3, it said, and he shoes me, um, you know, in the English Joshua. Um, in, in the Hebrew, it would be Yahshua. Uh, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now, Yahshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him and unto him he said behold i have caused thine iniquity so it's like causing the iniquity to pass from thee i will clothe thee with a change of raiment and i said let them set a fair meter upon his head so they set a fair meter upon his head and clothed him with garments and the angel of the Lord stood by, and the angel of the Lord protested unto Yahshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If thou would walk in my ways, and if thou, thou would keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts. Um, and, you know, and he goes on to declare more there. But the main thing was when there was a change uh, of a clothes, a change of the um, the filth that was upon um, the individual. It, it says that uh, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. So there's going to be a transformation or a transfiguration, as we saw um, in the book uh, in the Gospels as well, when Jesus was transfigured. It was a different uh, sight. When the glory passed through, there was a different, uh, uh, um, he, he was, the Bible says he, he was shown transfigured. He had a different look upon him. The same with Moses when he um, got that touch of the glory. It was shown through. It was radiant. There was a transformation that took place. So, 
it's not like um, uh, necessarily a physical thing uh, that is occurring. Um, but uh, let me let you share your thoughts as well, Minister uh, Belinda McKenzie. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing before you got there about Jesus' transfiguration. And his the desk clothes came off of him, and he was given something else to put on. He, he didn't even let them touch him until he was offended and transfigured. And that was Jesus Christ. So there is going to be, it's a spiritual transition. You know, and it's not given by man, it's by the spirit. You know, even when righteousness is not done by us, it's given by God. But you have to walk towards him and, 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 and submit yourself to learn what is righteousness. And the robe, you can't get. It's not an earthly robe. I don't care how much white you put on. This is a heavenly thing. He said, that's why he constantly, the word of God says, it is not by might, but by the spirit. We must serve Jesus in spirit and truth. So everything he's saying is spiritual. So it says a white robe, it's a robe you can't obtain by your goodness. It's by righteousness. And God saying, and that transfiguration of him accepting you according to his righteousness. There's no other way to get it but by the word of God. You know, coming into that place of holiness. Amen. And the word of God is spirit, and it is life, and it is Jesus. So... The more of the word of God in us, the more that we reflect his radiance, the more that we desire to reflect his glory. Um, Does it mean that we're going to be perfect in it? No. But every time when the spirit begins to (coughs) correct you or bring you into uh, conviction, it's an opportunity for repentance, which is a change, the true Repentance is having a change, a transformation, a renewing of life in Christ Jesus because we must, it's not a a time that we say we have totally been born again because we believe in Jesus Christ. There's some transformation, renewing that is needed in in our lives in order for us to move closer into the glory, that glory that he has for us. And you know, there's so many different uh, parts of the Bible that talks about this transfiguration, that talks about this transformation, but man uh, doesn't seem to want to know what it's like. Uh, man doesn't want to, does not seem to want to go to that level of, of dwelling in the presence of the Lord and remaining in it to where we can walk in the trueness of his word as he reflects it through us. Amen. So we need the Holy Amen. Spirit to interpret the word of God to us. We need uh, the revelation from Jesus Christ 
uh, the revelation from mm. and, and Abba Father one one together. We need that revelation so that we can um, move in the the realness of God. Because right now, I'm I'm afraid to say that uh, the majority of the body of Christ is in the area of fourth dimensional thinking by by what we see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. And we yeah. have to go past that point because we should be spiritual beings, not accepting everything that we have seen or heard or yeah. smelled or tasted or feel. We have to go to the spiritual level that the Lord would have us to be on because otherwise we'll be like the five five maids not having our own oil to keep us lit and regenerated in the things of God. Um, so I'm talking about the solution now. We don't want to go there. Let's uh, hit uh, talk about the sixth seal a little bit more here. And it says, um, I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became a blood. And for the stars of heaven fell uh and the stores of heaven fell unto the earth, even a fig tree casted her uh, 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 untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place. Wow. That, now that's pretty serious there. Um, every mountain and island being moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come and we shall be able and who shall be able to stand a lot of things happening there um minister gloria uh, vasquez uh, share what the lord has given you well what i see there is that there's finally a recognition by the people in the world that that don't accept christ that something is happening that's beyond anything they can do anything about and there's no answer for them. They're, they're without answer. They're, and, and they seem to recognize who they are because they're running, they're hiding, uh, as if they finally awaken in some spiritual way. And they're not only understanding that they have sin, that whatever is coming uh, is coming because of their sin, but that they have no hope either. And so they're hiding, uh, taking refuge under the rock, literally crying out to the rocks to, to, to hide them. Yeah, it sounds like some extreme distress, some extreme pressure going on there in the earth uh, based mm-hmm. because of the rocks. You know, the Lord said, if my people do not cry out, the very these very rocks will cry out. Um, the earth will cry out, and I believe that we are experiencing more earthquakes than any time uh, that we probably have ever in our lifetime on the earth have ever seen. 
um, earthquakes throughout the whole world, not just in one, not just in the United States or not just in uh, uh, places that we traditionally would uh, see that earthquakes are, are occurring. But, I, you know, there was a time that there was not earthquakes occurring in Oklahoma and South Carolina, just looking at the United States alone. And But these things are happening. There's tremors that are occurring. There, there are earthquakes, and um, this one occurred the other day in Indonesia. Um, and we know that um, it could be subject to a tsunami if it, if, if it continues to increase. What with all of these things that are happening, I wonder if there is any stimulus uh, to the mind, to the body, to the soul to say, uh, wake up, there, there, there's things that are strange happening. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 there, that there is no excuse because they should know uh, him based on the fact of his creation. And I'm just wondering, is the mind so trained and so, um, you know, have a, have such a thought that these things are not going to happen. These We're going to continue to live from day to day the way that we are. And no earthquake is going to kill us. No um, dive or catastrophic event from anything on this earth is going to harm us. We're just going to keep living. We're going to just keep, when they happen, we're just going to keep rebuilding. Um, what are your thoughts about this, Minister Belinda? Well, uh, God said, uh, when we read some of the scriptures, that for things to be shaken, uh, there is a, a spirit on this nation, you know, in the world that he said they no longer will see, that it have become, the eyes have become, uh, dull, you know, where their ears don't hear. So, I mean, if you're tuned off and and you have become asleep, you're not looking at this stuff spiritually. And then there's people that just don't know the Lord, or people that knew the Lord left him and have become, you know, asleep. He talks about them in the scriptures, and uh, you see people that think, well. You hear about people when they have a crime that happens to them. Now, there are statistics. There are things that they say you could do, you know, to protect yourself. And some people think, well, that will never happen to me. And you'll hear on the news, I never thought this would happen to me. Oh, this is a small community. We never had crime. And somebody has come in the community and killed several people with they in fear. Now, this is going to be beyond that. Some people will become scared. Some people will realize that because it's so it's so beyond the natural realm of the earth. You know, we, we know the seasons. We know summer comes this time, this. And, and when these things happen, it's way beyond anybody's expectations. So you know something has moved on this earth. And a great fear will come. They will run and try to hide under the rock. Some will come into the knowledge that there is a God, and he has now stepped on the earth. And they will run, but the rocks will cry out and tell them, here they are. 
you know, there's uh, people, uh, when that water, that flooding came in New York into an area that has never seen that. They were devastated. It brought the sand up into the uh, the buildings, the houses. Now, the sand came out of the ocean, and the ocean just moved it in like piles of it. They were devastated. You know, there's earthquakes, uh, 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 these, uh, what do you call them, the woods that are in the water? <sighs> Tsunami. 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 When they come to the land, and it's never been there before. I think there was one country I was discussing with Donna. Uh, they said they thought they were safe because they've never had one. Well, they have one now. Mm. And there's nothing. If you ever you just see something on uh, the news, there is something to, to see a wave that is almost a, a 11, 12 feet high. Mm-hmm. But that, you know that, what? What's uh, so strange about it is, is that you know the Bible have predicted it. The Bible has. Yeah. So it has been prophesied according to the yeah. Bible that these things would come, but it's it's come. amazing that no one will ever say that well God said it. Yes, because there there is this this thing. Yeah, these are things that just yeah. are happening. Nobody would ever yeah. say that God said it said this was coming. You know? Uh-huh. And there, and we have about the ring of fire. In Revelation, it's the ring of fire. And there's a ring of fire that's around California underneath the, there's a ring of fire underneath the sea. You know, I just wanted to add, I just wanted to add here, in the Greek, the word shaking pertains to the heavens, the sea, and the dry land. And the the shaking of these, uh, of these things, uh, is necessary or uh, it's necessary that it be it come uh, preliminary or before uh, the yeah. setting up of those like before the, the uh, those things that cannot be shaken. You know, we don't think of uh, the heavens being shaken. Uh, this is <clears> not <throat> something that this is not something that man perceives. You know, as a part of his daily living, normal living. So mm-hmm. you can imagine what they're perceiving in that last day when it's, it's not only things strange that are happening on the earth, but things that are happening on, in the seas. You know, even today, we can, we can see easily videos on YouTube of tsunamis and earthquakes. I mean, uh, uh, hurricanes, they bring devastation and flooding into the land where people uh, have built homes, not expecting to have these waters. And then not only are the, are the seas acting up, the, the, the earthquakes, but then the, the whole of the heavens, the sun has darkened and the moon has turned red. Surely they're not living in normal times. But, you know, it goes to Noah when uh, God told Noah and people didn't perceive what God was saying. And when he said it was going to flood and they never seen water. But they, they, he said they were taking a marriage, just living daily lives, continuing to live. 
the guy was warning. And the warning mm-hmm. came exactly like God said. And we say that uh, when Donna was saying, well, you know, people don't want to hear this or what. They say God's love. Why would he kill or why would he destroy the things that he made? When God made man, he made him in an order, and he gave the earth an order. We have walked out of the order of God. We have polluted the land, and it had become so polluted, so perverted, that God mm-hmm. destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And the same God that said that has said it in Re- Revelations. Mm-hmm. So you can't say God is just one fragment. You can say it. It doesn't mean it's real. Because God said there's blessings and there's curses. There's love and then there is his, his wrath. Those coincide together. They're not, they're not one you could take and leave the other out. But but one important thing about that is that we're not blaming him. Is we, we, we would have to be to blame ourselves because it's no, the reason it's not we God. Yeah, yes, because man's desire for evil, man's desire yeah. for evil has increased in the earth, and man's yeah. vain imaginations, you know, and pride, um, you know, mm-hmm. they think they're and, and, you know they have no fear. <laughs> Some of these people that have built these ungodly uh, 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 things on the earth, you know, uh, where you could bring in chemicals, knowing that they're going to kill people just for a profit. You have no compassion, and you think money is keeps you safe and in power and have no conscience of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And think somehow you will not be moved. You know, some of the these things that what God is saying is what man has done, not what God has done. You know, to let millions of people die and and use a lie that is, and you know, we have enough technology and enough food that nobody should go hungry. Now, that's not God's fault. Mm-hmm. But we'll do it for political gain. The political power. This is so true, and um, you know, it's the greed. Uh, all of the natures of and elements of uh, what would be prideful. Uh, greed is the part of the pride structure. Um, yes. You know, it, it, these things are things that are not of God, and they're increasing in the earth. And so, because of that, it you know, if in fact the number of clothes maybe in a woman's closet, you know, yes. probably will only be worn one time. Mm-hmm. But in, you know, the number of shoes probably will be worn one time, but. You know, greed is something that I got to have it. It it creates covetousness. You know, I got to have it, even though, or I seen someone else have it, so I have to have it too. It it creates a coveted or covenant, coveted atmosphere. And um, 
and it starts creating all kind of other, you know, jealousy, envy, strife, and so many other different elements, all structured under the nature of pride. And because of yes. that, the world competition, uh, the world is, is uh, so desiring so many things that uh, the world is willing to do many things to get it. And it, it often um, stems around force, by force, taking it by force, okay? And the Lord wasn't talking about taking something by force in the physical. It's, he's talking about something in the spiritual nature. But yet man is acting out based on natural, the natural order of this world, this cosmos system that Jesus wanted us to be separate from, separated from. And so many are, um, this is the reason why, again, catastrophic events are increasing in the earth because, you know, the, the elect is crying out. It's not only because the elect is crying out, but the word of God said that these things were happening. It, sa- it says it, and it has been written many years ago that these things were coming forward. But yet, nobody would ever say that the Holy Bible is true. The Holy Bible is correct. They continue with their vain imaginations of euphoria that these things are not going to touch me. These things are not, no, it doesn't apply to me because I don't believe in the Bible. It doesn't apply to me because I don't believe in God. That doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to happen because the Holy Bible, the prophecies of the Holy Bible are being fulfilled even today in this hour. So I want to read a little bit from Luke uh, about in Luke 21 what he wrote in from verses 20. um, I'm going to stop probably at 33 because he, he, you know, he was recording what our Lord and Savior said, and he said, And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which is in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which is in the midst of uh, of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance. All things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be a great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, as as Minister uh, Vasquez quoted out, um, it's not just a shaking of the earth. It's a shaking at every rim, every dimension of the universe. Men's heart them for fear and for looking after those 
things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption is drawing nigh. For your redemption, redemption, redeemer, redemption is drawing nigh. So he he goes on and he talks about the fig tree. Um, When he, you know, he says, and he spake to them a parable. Behold, the fig and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves. But the summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, ye see these things come to pass. Now ye know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. And he says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not Pass away. His words will not pass away. Change it. We can't pretend as though it doesn't exist. We can't uh, accept things as they are and fall off into the same pattern that everyone in society is doing. We can't uh, continue to sit in old religious places that are not relishing the word of God, that are not delivering the truth and spirit of our Lord and Savior. It's time for, if you have 12 people that come together and are sharing the word of God and the truth and spirit and are worshiping and obeying him, you have done a great, greater work than having 1,000 and not one saved. Excuse me. Minister uh, Gloria Vasquez, please share uh, your final thoughts with the body of Christ at this time. You know, um, it it was interesting how uh, you're saying that it's in the word of the Lord, but it's in the word of the Lord over and over throughout the history of the church. You know, I'm seeing here... um, as I go to Psalms 97.4, it, it, he warns, his lightning light up the world, the earth saw and trembled. And then we go to Isaiah 13.10, for the stars of heaven and their constellations will, will not flash forth their light. The sun will be dark when it rises. The moon will not shed its light. We go over to the, the prophet Ezekiel 32.7, and when I extinguish you, I will cover the heavens and darken their stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give its light. And again, we go over to the the prophet Joel 2.10. Before them, the earth quakes, the heavens tremble, the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars lose their brightness. It's not like the Lord is changing his message, but he's giving it over and over through the generations to his prophets. Over and over again, they're bringing the same message. God is in control of the earth, the heavens, the sun and moon, and how much 
light they put forth and where their boundaries of the waters are. He's in control of the fires and uh, how the fires will go forth in the, in the, in the, in the earth in those days. Uh, I, I'm looking in, in Hebrews 12:26, and his voice shook the earth then and now. He has promised, saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. How consistent is God, how powerful and sovereign is God over all creation in the heavens and on the earth. And, you know, his message is so consistent, so consistent uh, throughout the ages. Uh, um, Just calling not only his church, but to everyone. You know, God gives his mercies. And his grace out to all who will be who will receive uh, his message, the salvation of Jesus Christ. He's merciful to all. Um, uh, so that's that's what's uh, just resounding to me here. Uh, uh, just the consistency, of, but the love and the mercy of God. You know, the consistency of his message. It's it's a message of warning, but it's a message of mercy. So it, it sounds like this ominous, uh, horrific thing. But really, we've got to see it through the eyes of, and the heart of God. He is extending grace to us, mercies to us, that this is coming, but come, come into the kingdom. Receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Minister Belinda, please share your final words with the body of Christ. Yes. You know, it's exactly what Sister Gloria said. You know, God is not crazy, and he's telling us. But his word said he he will not change. This word will not change. So he's beckoning us to come. Come and see. Come and hear what he's saying. Come to the the Lord's uh, Supper. You know, be part of that bridegroom. Don't be part of the destruction that's coming. You know, he's he's begging us, but there'll be a time it'll cease. You know, and, and that shaking it is real. Uh, I can bear witness one time, you know, when you when you begin to know the love of God, he changes your heart. He takes away the stony heart and gives you that fleshly heart that belongs to him. And when you start seeing spiritually, you know, God giving people words. Of, he said his word is like a treasure hide, hide it in your heart And God tells people things That no man could have known And you see a soul Begin things being Taken off of it And I watch people After God has done that Become Go back and become hardened And start going in a place That God warned them not to go and I was in church, and my heart broke, and I was crying inside. I started crying outside. I said, Lord, why did they do this? Aren't they afraid of you? Aren't they afraid of what's going to happen? And this is the revelation that God gave me. And we can only, you can only comprehend it if the Spirit shows it to you. Because we have lost our minds when we don't reverence God. He said, Belinda, he said, rather than them drink of my waters, they choose to drink of the sewer. I said, what? And he showed me a septic tank, and the lid was taken off, and it was like a metal little cup you dip in, and they dipped it in and drank 
of that stuff. I said, that is gross, Lord. He said, but that's what they're drinking. Who in their right mind would dip the cup in feces and urine? That is, that is the waste coming out of your body. It will bring sickness and death to you if you don't get clean. And God was letting me know. He said, Melinda, this is what they're doing. And inside my heart, I began to pray. I said, God, don't you ever let me draw away from you. Don't you ever let me stop sitting at your table and drinking from your living water. We know that running water is clean. Stagnated water is polluted. Amen. But people, when they go back to their way they think, what they feel, that's what they're doing. Amen, amen. Yes. And, and what um, time? Go ahead. The time has, um, we're getting ready okay. to close okay. out now. Okay. And I just want to say to everyone out there, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is a time to do so now. Um, You're welcome to call in uh, to us next week if you have any prayer requests or anything you would like for us to uh, give you more insight to. We would love to do that. You can call in to 646-668-2413. Uh, and on 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we would love to share with you. Thanks for everyone that listens in to Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Radio. May the grace of God be with everyone out there. May he hold and protect you and shield you. May your mind be stabilized to his sovereign will. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Amen.